sign up and try again. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Statman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Another Sunday night here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, and turn, turn that music down and we'll be good to go. Uh, Many, what the hell is that background noise doing right there? Listen, can you guys hear that? No. Uh, I can hear madness going on in my headphones right now. Richie, do you hear like two opens going on right now? You're not okay. Well, then, then I, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> that it's, would be no. it is the ghost in the machine for the next two hours. So beware, Freak Nation. There might be some things happening here that uh, you may not be prepared for. Keep, keep the kids out of the room and you'll be good to go. Connor Daly, the mullet is gone, Crasher. I don't know if you saw that. Connor Daly cuts the mullet. A little bit, yeah. No, he just announced the mullet is gone. He just cut the mullet. He had the mullet, Crasher, up until a couple of days ago. Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, has cut the mullet. But okay. we t- Hold on. Time Uh-oh. out. Well, Just real quick. IndyCar Series pilot Connor Daly will be joining us. Go ahead. Right. When is it officially a mullet? Because when we saw him in St. Louis, not this not this weekend, but last weekend, it was kind of fluffy in the back, but I would not call that mullet-ish. I mean, doesn't it have to be pretty long or maybe even right below the shoulders when it gets into mullet territory. I'm just going by his tweet, Crasher. Okay. He announced that the mullet is gone. So Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, be joining us this hour. We don't talk much at all about the freaking mullet, but I just wanted to let that because it wasn't a mullet last week. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. Coming up in the second hour, his name is Will Turpin, one of the founding members of the band Collective Soul. We'll spend some time with him. We had a chance to catch up with the Collective Soul last week and watch them last night in Flag Staff. Hell of a show. Stat man, we thought a lot about you until I started drinking a hell of a lot and I forgot who the hell I was, Stat. All right, I can't hear Statman at all. Richie, go ahead and bring your mic up and make sure no, that is I can. That, uh, is that why you haven't turned the lights on in your studio? You're still in the concert mode? He, uh, do, he does look like he's in a dark, dark uh, if, if, you, if you're watching us on YouTube, Freak Nation, uh, I've, got a, I've got a new camera. If you can see the detail of that camera, that is fan-freaking-tastic. Mm, you look, look at that. sexy, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a nighttime show, so I figured I might give it a nighttime feel. Oh. So, mm-hmm. No, that well, makes the sense. rest of us are light. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> so you might just be watching us on YouTube, Facebook Live, listening to us on one of our many affiliates across the country, Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The website, speedfreaks.tv. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're there for you. Uh, big race this afternoon. Well, okay, this morning, depending on where you're watching it from, 7 a.m. Pacific time or 10 a.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series ran today. They didn't run last night. A whole hell of a lot of rain Last night, and then a whole hell of a lot of rain today, and they finally got that damn thing finished. They finally got it finished. And, Crasher, you and I were doing things in Flagstaff with the red flag dropped at 21 laps, right? 21 to go. Yeah, yes. 21 to go. Yes. And we had to get a text from Richie that uh, Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick, P1 and P2 with the Lucas Oil team and Richard Chillis Racing, 
Yeah. That was insane. I that was absolutely insane. I, I applaud NASCAR because they went on TV and said, we will do everything in our power to get this in. I mean, they, they never said, hey, we've got lights here in Daytona, but good for them so that oh, we could be talking a whole different a whole different conversation right now if they just called it with 21 to go, knowing that you're at a track that has lights and you could do more. So at least they they ran the final 21 laps. It's just coincidental that Austin Dillon, who was leading with 21 to go, ended up taking the win of the race as well. We'll have a lot of conversation about that coming up in about six minutes and moments. We're going to have Crash Gladys pit news and notes brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Going to be bringing in another round of affiliates here shortly. But again, thank you guys for being a part of this thing. We've been doing this live on YouTube and Facebook Live and Twitch for about five or six months now on the reg, I would say. I'm just hoping we get through it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This technology's a bitch. It is. It is absolutely stunning. One station, one mic. Yeah. It's it's incredible how we get through the... Freak Nation, I'm not going to share with you some of the nuts and bolts that keeps this thing together. But just imagine <laughs> that your dad's woodshed that he had out, had out back where he had a lot of duct tape and WD-40 and things to keep the, the hmm. chainsaw going or the whatever apparatus that he would use. Uh, we got a lot of that keeping this thing together. But, man, it sure looks pretty on YouTube, doesn't it? Holy smokes. Don't say chainsaw. We're entering into Halloween season. That's mm. just Jason-ish. True. See, I don't even have my YouTube glasses on now. That's why you guys look fuzzy. I'll get those situated here shortly. All right, going to resume with some affiliates. Come right back with Crash Glass News and Notes. I'm going to change glasses. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates here in the Big Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up this hour, IndyCar Series pilot Connor Daly joins us. Next hour, Collective Soul, Will Turpin, one of the founding members. He joins us in the second hour. Plenty of conversation about what happened last night or what didn't happen last night, but what happened today with the NASCAR Cup Series. Crash Guys, Spit News and Notes, brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com to find the right tire for your righteous ride. I don't care what you're driving, man. Truck, sports car, they got it. You will get them at GeneralTire.com. Crasher? All right. Well, as we know, the drama could not get much crazier than this past week, the final week of the NASCAR Cup and Xfinity regular seasons before the playoffs. And then there was motocross in their penultimate round with just one point separating the top two in the title hunt. So let's start with NASCAR. Friday night featured a bizarre three-hour rain delay, then a very attrition-filled, shocker, Xfinity race with the big one forcing several cars out in the first of three overtimes. The third and final overtime ended under caution as well with Jeremy Clements. Yeah, surprise winner. Only his second win in the series, but he's now a driver that is playoff bound. Just whack, but you wanted more whack? Well, you didn't get it Saturday because Mother Nature had other things to say about that one. So for the Cup Series, after waiting out their rain postponement the night before, then they had to go to a fairly early start for today, Sunday. Let's just say you are the race winner. Let's add more drama to your day by going a lap down early, but no worries. You get that lap back just before the big one. All right? All good, right? Oh, wait. No, no, no. We just said the big one. Right in front of you to be perfectly clear but you stay low you skate through it and hey don't look now you're leading 
with just a touch more than 20 laps to go in the race. Oh, uh, then Mother Nature calls you yet again. So you wait it out, yet another rain delay. You watch Paw Patrol with your son. You come back to your car. You lose the lead. And then it's pretty much all or nothing on the final lap. Thank goodness you have nothing but Team Chevy on your side, including your teammate, because you get a run on Austin Sindrick. You take full advantage. Bye-bye. Tyler Reddick helping you out just in case you, Austin Dillon, cruise across the finish line first at Daytona, punching your ticket to the NASCAR Cup Series 2022 playoffs. Let me get through this motocross craziness as well. Penultimate round, second to last set of motos, just outside Indianapolis. Two title combatants in the 450s, Chase Sexton and Eli Tomac. They traded moto wins, but get this, due to tiebreaker rules, which are being complained about, Sexton takes the win. They were tied on points for the weekend, so now still Sexton, only one digit up on Tomac going into the final round. Closest battle in history. Jet Lawrence, don't worry. He's got it in the 250s, and he took the win again in Indy this week, heading into the final round. Southern California next weekend. Bam! Crash Fighters quit his note. Fuck about your get a dire! Redefined. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas fuel treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. General Tire was born more than 100 years ago, right here in America. We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer, and especially the places without roads. So you know that with General Tire, anywhere is possible. It works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. <laughs> There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, 
excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Studios, 22 years, Freak Nation. Thank you guys that have stuck around that long to be a part of this legendary or legendous show, as we call it, Speed Freaks, Statman, Crash Gladys, yours truly, Kenny Sargent, Squabby's here. If you're watching us on YouTube, how you doing, man? Facebook Live, Twitch, lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com. Find the products to keep your rides on the road. Sports car, motorcycle, what about a jet ski? I'm telling you, man, Lucas Oil has every single product Keep your rides fat and happy. Coming up this hour, Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, breaking some news the last couple of days mm. that we'll share with you. Uh, coming up in about 25 minutes here in the Freak Nation. So we were supposed to have a big old fat Saturday night party with the NASCAR Cup Series at, da- at Daytona. It didn't happen. So it started this morning at 7 a.m. for us on the well, West yeah, Coast. That's, yeah, those of us who were still sleeping, of course we missed it. Mm. I basically woke up right before the big one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We were at a concert last night. To bed late. Woke up, turned on the TV in our hotel room. Oh, the big one happened. I'm like, how far into the race are we? Oh, we're pretty far. <laughs> right. Oops. Hey, Stead, man, when they threw the red flag with the rain, uh, I just had that feeling that we were, to, they were, they were going to call the freaking race. Really, I just had that feeling. Especially, what did what did Kevin Harvick say? He said that uh, NASCAR is figuring out figuring it mm-hmm. out about what they're doing as they as they move as they go along, yeah. something of that nature. I but, said they said they. I think he said they're casual. They're figuring it out on the fly. There you go. Yeah, and, and I just had the feeling that they were going to throw that damn thing. But lo and behold, they got the damn thing done. Richie, you saw the majority of the ending of the race. Statman, you seem to have seen it as well. Crasher and I were too busy uh, chasing things down on Northern Arizona University, trying to find a freaking T-shirt for eight-year-olds. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm Jacks. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> Lumberjacks. But everything that I'm reading here, I can't figure out if there was an issue between the two Austins or not. Is there an issue between Austin Dillon, who won the race, and Austin Sendrick? Austin Sendrick saying that it was free reign, man. Have at it. But at the same time, Swabby, what we're seeing on Twitter and, and social media, it's Dillon was the dirty man here. Yeah, Austin Sendrick, I feel like I went back and I found his interview post-race with NBC. I was wrong pre-show. We were talking about this. He did not come out, and he wasn't completely angry, but um, – after the race, he ended up talking to Bob Pockrass and others, and he's saying it was a, it was a clean move. It was a guy running for the race win to get into the playoffs, etc. So Austin Schindrick was fine fine with it, although his driving ability was great enough that he didn't cost anybody else a, a wrecked race car because 
uh, Austin Dillon basically 190 plus miles an hour right into the back of Austin Sandra, causing him to get out of the lane and almost wreck. And with these newer cars, you you can't the bump drafting doesn't work as well as it used to. So it was a very dangerous move, in my opinion, by Austin Dillon. And of other, yes. Well, Statman, what were you saying, though, oh, dangerous by Austin Dillon, or was it dangerous by Austin Sindrick in purposely slowing down in the trioval? What did you hear? Now, this is what uh, Austin Sindrick said, <coughs> excuse me, said, in fact, in the NBC interview that he was slowing down in the trioval because the only hope that uh, – Dylan had would be to slow down, make some space so that he could accelerate around uh, Cendric mm-hmm. at the end of the race. And he was trying to take that gap away from him by slowing down in the trioval. Uh, so when he slowed down in the trioval, going into turn one, uh, Dylan just slowed him out of the way. And <laughs> that was yeah, so the- what's more dangerous. Slowing down purposely on a, a super speedway like Daytona or Austin Dillon just saying bye bye and giving him the nudge in the pass. No, it wasn't like he slowed down and uh, put the brakes on for a stop sign. He just took, tried to take the gap away mm-hmm. and slowing down from 190 to 180 or maybe 179 is not quite slowing down. He just tried to take the take the gap away so that uh, trying to steal some of the strategy that Dylan was trying to trying to pull. And Dylan just said, all right, if you're not going to play games with me, get out of here and punted him, tried to punt him into the third row. And I don't know what driver knew what at the time, but you've basically got a Ford and then three Chevys. I know Dylan knew that his teammate, Tyler Reddick was right there in that pack of four. I don't know if he knew that their affiliate team with Noah Gregson beard racing was right there as well, but clearly three Chevys up against one Ford, the Chevys will eventually find a way regardless if there's only a corner left or half track or a full last lap. So in my opinion, which is not that great, but in my opinion, they had the advantage from the minute that white flag went out. Yeah, and it's also you should keep in mind that Cindric was guaranteed into the race because he won the 500 last uh, seems like 15, 20 years ago. And he he had uh, uh, he could if he stayed in the race and not had a new winner kept keeping Dylan out of victory circle, then that would have changed uh, some people back in line, particularly uh, Martin Truex. Truex could have gotten into the race as it was. He missed the uh, playoffs by three points as he crossed the finish line with two cars. So after 26 (laughs) races, a whole season of racing, uh, you know, if somebody would have if somebody would have thrown the race at the rain, you might have had the same kind of thing that happened in F1 at Abu Dhabi, where somebody in a in a booth somewhere behind closed doors decided, who do we want to win this championship? And that way, uh, you know, they probably said, we don't want that to happen. So they just waited it out. Did you guys see the parlay you, when you just said that, Statman? It just reminded me there was a parlay that a NASCAR fan made. For today's race, obviously last night, in which they took three arguably backmarker drivers. I know Landon Castle, BJ McLeod, and uh, who was the third? Rick Ware? Cody Ware. 
took those three in a parlay on a $10 bet, ended up winning $70,000. The parlay was for any of them, all three of them to finish in the top 10. And they did. Wow. $70,000, $10 bet. Yeah, well, Kenny had uh, Ty Dillon in the Beat the Freaks, <laughs> and we all laughed when he took it. And Ty Dillon was in the top five for a while. And I was thinking, whoa, what did he know? Uh, mm -hmm. You know? As it was, I think in the first 15 minutes of the race, I was gone. <laughs> right. One of my guys was the first one out of the race, and he yawned and said, oh, well. And, you know, I said, hey, dude, you can't be, oh, well, the stat man's at stake here, you know? <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't find it as difficult as we used to. Now with this new regime in, in NASCAR, I say new regime, they've been there. Phelps and company have been there for five or six years, right? Or more. Um, uh, these new positions, these new people in these positions. Um, I find it more and more that it's it's becoming more difficult for me to criticize some of their moves. And the more I look at them finishing this race, I made the comment five minutes ago uh, or whenever the hell it was about, I'm I thought they were going to throw the race. But if you think about it, I mean, this is the last race to get into the playoffs. They're going to do their G damnedest to get everybody a shot to get into this damn thing, just like Statman made the reference to Formula One. If they would have thrown that red flag and then four hours later, it's 75 degrees and the sun's out and they could be running mm -hmm. the damn thing, then we'd be crapping all over NASCAR saying, look, guys, you've got all freaking day. CNBC or wherever the hell you're running this damn thing gave you clearance, Clarence, to run this thing. So why not? So, again, I applaud NASCAR mm -hmm. for doing the right thing and lo and behold, the guy that's leading there at the red flag, Austin Dillon, he won and his teammate, Tyler Reddick. Bam! Uh, Richard Childress Racing, one and two. Yeah, so what if uh, Truex, a former champion, doesn't make it into the field by three points? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you angry holes, at that? Out of, yeah, well, I, I wasn't angry, but I'm a Truex fan. You know, but uh, he had uh, three points. Out of an entire season of racing, every uh, 15 minutes they have another NASCAR race somewhere. Uh, Just for, win, damn it. Yeah. That's what they're emphasizing. Get a win yeah. and you're in. Exactly. Pass somebody. Don't don't skate. Don't, uh, you know, just get points. Don't, you, can't, you can't hold back because you never know when, you know, the, the perfect example. I don't know if we have time. Do you have time? We got time. We got time. The perfect is example is Tony Stewart's, I think, his second or third championship. He was at Charlotte. He uh, had a problem with the car. I think he backed it into the wall, came into the pits, and fixed it. And the additional 35 points that he gained in the old scoring system, the additional 35 points was the difference at the end of the season for the championship. This is before the playoffs. So, yeah, all the points matter whenever you get them. In fact, I told uh, Smoke that, and he looked at me and said, are you sure? I said, yeah, Tony. And he said, I had no idea. <laughs> But that 35 points made the difference in the championship. But that was then. This is now. Yeah. And the well, structure is win, mm -hmm. win, win, win. Or yeah, points will matter if get... they don't have enough winners to fill the 16. But if they do, like they did this year, pretty much, then, yeah, winning mattered more this year than just collecting points. Or just pass three more cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
out of you 26 races, pass three more cars. Uh, Suave, uh, answer me this, Batman. Yes. Would you have bet on NASCAR, God, like in February, that we would have 16 different winners? Absolutely not. No chance. I actually was laughing at the lead up to the Daytona 500 this year, because we'd see it all the time during NFL broadcasts and they'd say, all right, guys, this is going to be the best season ever. (laughs) And we were like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? You crazy marketers over at NASCAR. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the same crap we get every year. And it's going to be another Hendrick driver, probably Kyle Larson running away with the title all season long. And now we're sitting here in August, 26, ra- uh, 26 races later, and we have 16 winners in 26 races. And the only reason Ryan Blaney got in the playoffs is because, and we'll get into this a little bit later on probably, is Kurt Busch is out for the foreseeable future with his concussion problems. And so he got bumped out of the playoffs with one win, and Blaney ended up getting that last spot over Truex by three points. But with Statman's point system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go into points. <laughs> Yeah. But it wasn't Truex. It was Blaney. Yeah. Just passed three more cars. <laughs> right. God. That's all he had to do. 26 hey, this- races, passed three more cars. <laughs> it came down, yeah. It came down to <laughs> passing three cars over the last half year. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Martin. Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to throw it. This isn't a curveball because we're going to have five minutes to, to, to deduce how we're going to come at it. The big reason for the 2022 season and, and why why we have 16 winners versus the prior seasons of when they started to implement the playoffs. Why do we see 16 different winners? We're going to want the Freak Nation's opinion on this. But first, how about Statman Scat? Also coming up, Connor Daly here in the Freak Nation. But again, Statman Scat. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, when NBC Sports talked with Kyle Busch during the red flag rain and lightning delay at Daytona, Kyle is up to his eyebrows and alligators right now. Sponsors aren't stepping up to replace Mars Incorporated, the candy company that's leaving the Kyle program at the end of this season. Kyle recently found comfort in his adopted role as a villain in NASCAR, but Sunday there was no mugging to the fans on the other side of the camera at home. There were no sullen answers to questions, no blaming other drivers for something that happened on the racetrack. Uh, This Kyle was available to television, smiling and chatting when he got there. Made me think of a Sunday morning headline where a Toyota executive was saying there's more to supporting a race driver than just that driver's great skill. He said sponsors are needed in today's NASCAR and Toyota wants Kyle in its stable going forward. But he stopped short of committing Toyota to that necessary big check. We're seeing how years of sullen can't be replaced overnight by a few weeks of smiles and chats. Drivers are getting power in the racing industry, but sponsors still hold the checks. And that is the ultimate power in motor racing. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Coming up, Freak Nation, from Lucas Oil Studios. 
Bonner Daily, breaking some news of the last 24, 48 hours. He shaved his, he shaved it. He cut off his mullet. IndyCar Series pilot, and really a fan favorite. This guy's just a hell of an interview. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes. Right? Oh. Yeah. Hell, that was a long first segment. Uh, yeah, so he'll be here in the Big Nation. General Tire, thank you for making this thing possible. GeneralTire.com is a great website for you. You go to GeneralTire.com to find the tire for your righteous ride. And I'm not joking. At a BMW, you got an F250. What about a 67 Mustang for like Statman? Good old freaking goat. What year against that man? 67. Beautiful goat. car. Beautiful car. General Tire has the tire for your righteous ride. Go to General Tire. About this um, color, about the color of the shirt. Yeah. I'll go with it. Hey, I asked this question going into the break about what's the what's the major cause for NASCAR and the Cup Series for these 16 different winners. But before I get into that, and, and I, we're probably going to roll right through this topic. Because we can do it again I, next hour. Yeah, we can. Is Statman, it's, it's, it shows you how long Statman and I've been working together many years before Speed Freaks. When I saw the interview with Kyle Bush during the rain delay, I thought, I wonder if Statman's going to pick up on what Kyle Bush is doing or <laughs> not doing. He wasn't bitching and moaning about not you know, dropping the red flag sooner, uh, that we should have done this or done that. He was like, hey, man, I got no problem with this. We're having a good time. The kids are over here. We're giving cotton candy to people over here. <laughs> hey, you doing, Gibbs? I love you, baby. It was night and day, Statman. Yep. When I saw you, you it was just – looking around going what continuum am i in seeing kyle bush be so happy yeah i mean i the kyle bush to me i don't know if you remember when the fans were booing him after he won a race and he was going around you know you know making that's kyle bush and he hasn't done that ever since he's had this problem with the candy company and, uh, you know, I, I tweeted you guys something that may not be uh, uh, Bush's fault that the candy company's bailing on him because the candy company is about to face some serious legal problems because of something it's put uh, into some of its candies. So giving some money to Kyle Bush might be way down the list of priorities in that board of uh, director's office. But yeah, I was walking th through the room and I heard him and I said, who's this? And I stopped and it's like, that's Kyle Bush. He yep. was laughing and affable and hey, what do you want to know? I'll tell you anything. We're having a good time. And I've, I've always wondered in this whole issue about getting a sponsor is he's always taking a sip out of his uh, rowdy energy drink. So why didn't... <laughs> Why didn't a rowdy energy drink step up and sponsor the car? <laughs> Funny how that Did works. Do you pay for yourself? Yes. I mean, he has the talent to warrant paying for himself, but he doesn't want to take a dip out of that income stream in order to supplant yeah, well, his ride in the Cup Series. He hasn't, you know, it, obviously he's a talented driver, mm -hmm. but he hadn't shown it this year. Sure. And, uh, you know, who knows? He's in the playoffs. He won a race a while ago. So, yeah, I mean, who who knows how deep he's going to go in the playoffs? 
but he hasn't been getting great cars this year. And it could be that uh, the Tyler Reddicks and the Ross Chastains and the Austin Cendricks and everybody else that stepped up this year might be, uh, it's, it's their time. And maybe Kyle Busch has had his shot at it. Do you think that's your answer to Kenny's question of how do we have 16 different winners in the first 26 regular season races? You think it's more of a changing of talent over the design of the car? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's both. I think it's new people stepping up guys that came up through stock cars versus guys who came uh, through uh, go-karts instead of coming up through stock cars at uh, Saturday night racing. I think these new kids know how to handle the nuance of the new car and uh, the old guys who are used to truck arms and and uh, spring spacers uh, aren't learning the new car fast enough. Uh, independent rear suspension and six-speed sequential gearbox. There's a whole lot new on this car, and the old guys just aren't uh, gravitating to it, apparently, as fast as the new guys. So, again, picking up on Kyle Busch this afternoon, the Statman Scat, we'll play it again for you in the second hour, which, by the way, we have Will Turpin with the band Collective Soul joining us next hour. New record out called Vibrating, speaking of racing. Uh, he'll be joining us next hour. That's Formula One. Thank really. you. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, Porpoising. Porpoising, right. Right. They should rename their album. What? Porpoising? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, man, the amount of alcohol I had last night. Oh, guys, I he was, was uh, funny. He was he was funny, Kenny, last night. He was he was doing his own rowdy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. I was I, listen. Switchfoot opened up for Collective Soul last night, and I was. Oh man, I'm just. I think uh, man. Even pirate Radio? Man. Were you back to Pirate Radio? Oh hell yes, I was. I was talking. <laughs> I think I was talking about. Oh, we got to go to break. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or oh hey darn coincidence yeah it uh it was it was great i had a good time last night all right uh freak nation his name is connor daly indycar series pilot joining us next speed freaks pits and the lucas oil studios speed freaks motorsports radio redefined Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Soul, it works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> 
Dear Lucas Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. It works. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Crasher and I were hanging out at WWTR Raceway. Is that a couple of weekends ago, Crasher? Last weekend. Last weekend. And we caught up with a number of IndyCar Series pilots. One of them prior to Connor Daly was Will Power. And I talked to Will Power about his emotions or the intensity of qualifying on oval versus a road course. And we went into length with that and did the same thing with Connor Daly. It's in this interview, but there's a number of things that we hit with Connor Daly. We can't run the full interview. We'd be taking up half the damn show because it's uh Connor Daly is just a great personality for the sport and an ambassador for the sport, frankly, that uh, a personality, here we go again, that needs to be exposed more so uh, by IndyCar and Crasher. We don't need to get into that no, right we now. Because we, uh, we need to get into this I've interview. I've said my piece on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many times a, on social media. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freak Nation is Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, joining us here in the Freak Nation, which, by the way, the last 24, 48 hours for the guy, has been some news. He cut his mullet. Regardless, it's Connor Daly here, Speed Freak Spitz and the Lucas Oil Studios. And you typically know what you're going to roll into. It's not a typical interview. Like It's, it's great you drive a race car. Uh, but that's secondary when you roll in the Freak Nation. Now you're in our business. Evidently, you've been doing a podcast since you're like 16, come to find out. But now you're tied in with uh, Dirty Mo and Dale Earnhardt. Has that helped you blow this thing up now with your podcast? It's been awesome, honestly. Um, and, and I did. I, I I've always wanted a podcast, and like anytime I've been on people's podcasts, like I I just enjoy. Like I I like what I do, right? And I like this sport. Um, and so, like, I like talking about it, oddly enough. <laughs> like, like you guys. You guys like motor racing, I assume? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just and, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, it's just kind of cool. And, like, I've always just tried to be, like, really honest with people. I feel like there's a lot of drivers in, in, in racing nowadays that, like, it's very much, you know, you say what you need to say. You say what you're probably paid to say. And then, like, that's it. And then, you know, realistically, there's a lot that you don't know. 
but mm-hmm. like we know and like I'm like I just try to share it with people <laughs> and like try to share it with people like in in a way that still doesn't get me fired but uh in a way that like there's definitely a level of being honest with people that I think we can get to that's still like respectful to our sponsors, series, mm-hmm. sport, all that stuff. What it's doing for you is taking your Twitter account and your Instagram account, but 242 characters, what is it? Oh, yeah, whatever it is now. And you're yeah. able to yeah. expand on that yeah. to, to bring that brand of Connor Daly that we know outside of that little freaking tweet. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And like, my, I have a problem of talking too much. Yeah. Guess what I can do on the podcast? Talk as really much as I want. So I still have to, one of our reviews I did read recently is like, Connor does talk a lot. And I'm like, I, yep. All right. I'm going to try to maybe back that down here, but <laughs> it's something that like, I just, I like, I enjoy talking about racing. I, I love IndyCar racing. I may, I'm, I was a fan first. I had all the merch, you know, I got the autographs of all the drivers when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the Indy 500 every year as a fan, you know what I mean? I went to as many IndyCar races as I could as a fan. So, um, you know, for me, I think there's been a lot of, you know, great reception from folks that maybe didn't follow IndyCar as closely until we got under the Dirty Mo Media, you know, label. And then now they're like, oh, yeah, like we appreciate the kind of look inside the IndyCar world. And maybe it's help them get some more viewers. Who were some of the guys that you seeked autographs from before you were a driver yourself? <laughs> I want to know whose merch you had. I mean, everyone, really. I had the programs at the Indy 500 every year. I have a Billy Boat signed golf ball. I have a uh, basically the entire like 1999 field on a program. I mean, I I, I had everyone's autographs. I had everyone's die cast cars Um, for the longest time. Like, I really liked the Conseco car, AJ Foyt the fourth. You know what I mean? I thought I I got the cars because they look cool. You know what I mean? I, I was and I was a big underdog guy. So, like, I was always like cheering for the folks that were barely making it into the race because I was I like. That's why I started cheering for the Bengals when I was growing up because they won no games. And I'm a a Colts fan first, obviously, Indiana guy. But I was like, you know what? They didn't win any games Mm -hmm. back in the day. So I was like, I'm going to (laughs) support the team that don't win. And um, now they do, thankfully, which is cool. But uh, I I was that was that was kind of who I was all about. And I love that's what I loved about racing, too, is like whenever there was a cool underdog story, it was like, I like that. So where is that merchandise? I mean, that could be your background of your podcast basement. now. Yeah. No, but that could be like behind you, the Conseco car. I don't have enough room in a house yet for that. I, I I just live in a modest condo and like there's way too much stuff in my parents' basement. I know where it all is. Like we went through it at Christmas time and it does exist down in the basement. And they didn't make you throw it away. No, no, no. They okay. kept everything, okay. which is cool. So uh, eventually, you know, when I... Uh, hopefully become slightly more successful and I can build a house or I can buy a house of sorts and there's a little bit more space. Maybe we start creating a little racing room. Yeah, but hold on. The, what you guys have done over the last many years with roommates and, and whatnot, do you really want to live on your own when you've got all these guys that you have so much fun with? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would never live with anyone else ever again. Yeah, unless, you know, yes. unless I find a happy lady to be married to eventually. I don't know, but it's... It's uh, I, yeah. I mean, I've lived by myself since 2018 now, so like I've, I've definitely, okay. I've definitely very much okay. enjoyed that part of my life because I went through the roommate period, great time, but we progressed into adulthood a little bit more, and now I'm living by myself. We don't grow up. I know. I well, I said I had this conversation the other day. Like, I kind of still like being a kid, but like I'm 30, so like I gotta be an adult too. <laughs> Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Let's go back to that basement or attic where all your gear is <laughs> i recently cleaned out my storage and lo and behold i forgot that i saved every freaking love letter from every freaking oh, chick did. since i was 16 that's I respectable it's gnarly 
Do you save something crazy like that that you might go, oh, I don't really want to share that with people that I saved all these love letters? <laughs> well, I didn't get a lot of love letters, honestly. Uh, ginger diabetics with bowl cuts were not really popular uh, growing up, but uh, you know, we, we tried hard. And uh, it was, I think there's a lot of, I would say, random stuff that my mom keeps. Like, but I don't even know that she keeps it. She's like, oh, look at this. I'm like, what is that? And I mean, but it's, it's something for her. I mm-hmm. think it's more, it's more enjoyable for my mom to keep things. And maybe someday I'll figure out what is all down there. But uh, I know that there's definitely a lot of diecast cars. I can promise you that. <laughs> Time out. What is the name of your podcast again? It's called Speed Street. Okay, I think you, I think we street. just found a new name, Ginger Diabetic with 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 bowl, bowl cuts. cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a segment. What's well, a segment? <laughs> <laughs> then yes, that's a segment. It brings back the old days, and you can yeah. tell people about your old times. Because it could be discussion. We with... had a glow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could bring up discussions where it could go from hair to diabetes to redheads, all you kinds go, of stuff. Yeah, you could. You know, you it's could for go. just proof anyone can make it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just live your dreams, kids. No matter where, no matter where you start. Perseverance. Yeah, perse- Who is? I the- literally have a wristband that says "persevere" on it now. <laughs> my lady made that for me. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." My lady. <laughs> my lady. <laughs> oh my God. Who's the sexiest redhead out there, male and female? Scott Dixon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's it's not only because he is uh, you know looks like an elite athlete. I mean, he's as successful, really the most successful. Um, and he's got an incredible family. I assume his children are going to start multi-billion dollar companies <laughs> or be the best in every sport that they pursue. Okay. Over Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Andy Dalton. Yeah, but okay. But, it's but we're a talking, sad story. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. I mean, the Bengals fan. <laughs> we're talking like, oh. NFL. We're talking NFL. True. We're talking racing. Yeah. So, I mean, Andy Dalton I do does have, have some multi-million dollar contracts there. I do have an Andy Dalton signed jersey. Of course I do. you do. Oh. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, we got to... As a brethren of, of redheads, it's it kind of right. makes sense. Is that a is that a family thing? Meaning, do redheads look at you know like other minorities? Think, oh man, there's a there's a redhead over there. Let me, let me bond with him or her. <laughs> I, no, I don't think. Nope. so. I mean, I, I respect uh, all my my fellow gingers out there. You know, I mean, I got this red beard in the sun for a reason. It's 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 to glean light and then mm. hopefully maybe collect some sun i don't know it doesn't do well for my skin oddly mm. enough i don't tan oddly great enough. but um you know everyone else can tan for me i guess i'll just burn it's fine <laughs> it's an interesting question though do you do that with fellow white-haired people i'm just saying <laughs> no because there's too many too many of us out there like get tired hooking up with all the blonde white dudes man <laughs> blonde white hair dudes oh you say blonde okay blonde. got it there's still some blonde in there grass a little credit yeah, yeah. respect my god hey Let's talk a little bit of racing. We talked yes. to Will Power yesterday about the difference in qualifying uh, emotionally on a oval versus road course. Uh, let's give me Connor Daly's sphincter meter on a road <laughs> course versus qualifying on oval, specifically here at uh, WWTR. Well, I mean, qualifying in general in IndyCar right now is um, it's insane. Like it's it's you got to be the best. Like you're competing up against some of the best best drivers that have ever really driven race cars at the highest level. And especially when you're going up against willpower and qualifying, um, you know, one of the things that like, really, honestly, one of the small highlights of my year this year was, uh, was Indy GP in August. Like we were P one in, in Q one. And like, it, we, like we beat power and new garden. And I was like, pretty good. I, I, I was like, I felt like a good lap. And like, even will afterwards was like, yeah, man, like I, I, I thought that was the most I got out of it. I was like, 
Oh, all right. Well, sweet. You know what I mean? He's got 67 pulls and I, I was like, <laughs> I have won. So it's it was cool to hear that from him. And, and, and when you do qualify well here, it feels really good. But on the ovals, for sure, it's it's you kind of have what you have. Like there, there's there's one window that's going to be fighting for pole. And and there's another window that's basically like give everything you got to kind of just be the best you can be. You know right. what I mean? I think there are a few cars here. Certainly, like you see there was a lot of cars in the same tenth of a second, like twenty five point zero, twenty five point one. And then there was the next echelon, which was like in the 24s. And so there was kind of like you're fighting for the smallest amounts on the on the ovals and on the road courses. It's still very close, but yeah, you're not going to magically find two or three tenths. You're kind of just getting getting the best. It's you can more driver it. on a road course, obviously. Oh, oh, I don't. I, oh, I wow. maybe wow. yes, but but not not in today's current era because everyone is good. Everyone is so good, and 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 it just that's why it's such a team effort. Like the the car and the driver have to be one, and when you are, you can be P one or you can be in the in the fast six. You know what I mean? So it's everyone is so good at this level that you know it's kind of not you're not all of a sudden going to launch yourself forward because of your talent. It's like everything has to come together. Do we need more? I found that there was a lot of success this year with that Indy NASCAR crossover weekend. Do we need more of those? And can we get more of those at some places? Gosh, I hope so. I think I, I think it's great. Um, I mean, I love to see all you know all motorsports succeed, whether it's Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR. Um, but uh, you know, will it will it ever happen? I don't know. But I but I I, I certainly I enjoyed being at the track with everyone in NASCAR. I, I think it was great to see a lot of people that I don't get to see very often. You know right. what I mean? Because they're on their schedule, we're on ours. Yeah, you're busy. And honestly, it's just it just feels like we're bringing everyone together, which is yes. cool. And and I think in the end, like there's a lot of these a lot of our fan bases kind of get very defensive of our own regions. But I'm like, why? Like, I love all motorsport. Like, I'm a NASCAR fan. I'm a Formula One fan. I'm also an IndyCar fan. Happen to be a driver as well. But like <laughs> I, I, I support it all. And, and I think that's kind of I wish I wish people more people had the approach like that. Yeah. In January, we're watching the Chili Bowl. We're watching Supercross. Yes. Yep. Love I mean, that. Next weekend. Of course, you guys are in a Rolex couple weekends. Rolex 24 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, Le Mans. Exactly. Everyone wants to watch it. Yeah. You're going to watch drag racing. You're going to watch. I mean, yeah. So if there's a way to marry them, because in essence, kind of like what I was getting at with the Andy Dalton thing earlier, we are competing against stick and ball together oh, as yeah. a racing family. So we got to help each other. Yeah. Someone's got to watch something too. So you might as well turn on motorsport. I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those things like even, you know, today the race at, you know, here in St. Louis, it's right after the Xfinity race. And mm -hmm. it's like, literally just leave your television on. If you're a race yeah. fan and you watch the Xfinity race, you're probably going to find some enjoyment out of the IndyCar race too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's something like that. I just, I, I, I do love what NBC is doing. Honestly, like they promote our races during the NASCAR races and like, that's awesome. Yeah, I do and I just, I, I think that, I think they definitely do a great job. It's just, we have to get to that next level of people just knowing that there's an IndyCar race happening. Crasher, again, we don't have enough time to get into what he's talking about right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we all agree that, um, you know, Statman talks about it with the NHRA. It's, it's so many of these series we think miss the boat when it comes to promoting the right things to attract more eyeballs to these series. And again, you spend half that interview laughing at what Connor Daly's saying and what Will Power says or Simon Pagino. And again, it takes someone to talk to these drivers in a way that provides some interesting commentary outside of the nuts and bolts. But regardless, 
uh, Connor Daly here in the Freak Nation. Freak Nation, uh, coming up next hour, his name is Will Turpin, Collective Soul. They got a new record out. We'll talk to him about that and much, much more, including not wanting his children to be race car drivers. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Nerve. Crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More Freaks next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. Second hour of the Freaks coming up. Will Turpin, bassist and founding member of Collective Soul. Crasher and I saw the band live last night in Flagstaff. Hell of a performance. My goodness. But Stat, Crasher, and yours truly, we caught up with Will Turpin earlier this week. Looking forward to that interview coming up. It'll be a two-parter. We spent a lot of time with Will Turpin of Collective Soul. That'll be this hour. More conversation in regards to why do you think, Freak Nation, that we have 16 different winners versus the previous years of the playoffs. What is the one what's the one thing that comes to mind why you think that we have 16 different winners? We talked a little bit about it last hour. Uh, we'll talk about it again this hour. Again, 22 years of doing this thing. Your Statman Scat coming up at around 22, 23 past the hour. Sound like that damn morning DJ again at 23 past the hour. <laughs> News on the eights, weather on the sevens. What was the one thing I remember when I first met you 23 odd years ago, what was the one thing you could not stand that radio DJs around the country were saying something about socks? Oh, rock your socks off. Oh, (laughs) I got a song now, ladies and gentlemen, that will rock your socks off. off. (laughs) What do you think? Where do you think that comes from? Does that come from sock hop? Rock your socks yeah, off? Where does that stat? Where does that come from? Maybe it comes you. from sock up. You know, I mean that's that makes as much sense as anything else. Knock your socks off. Rock your socks off. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to dance so hard that in a sock hop where you're dancing in socks, you're not wearing shoes, you actually dance your socks off? That's I think maybe the first thing we should do is tell our audience what a sock hop is. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay, Richie. Do you know what a sock hop is? I kind of just gave it away. It's a dance of some sort. Yes. <laughs> no. See, he doesn't know. <laughs> no, that's true. It's a. Well, I thought it was a dance. No, it's a. It's well, it's a. It's a dance, not a dance dance, but a dance that you go to. Yeah. You have to take your shoes off. Well, there's a lot yeah. of dances in high school were in gymnasiums, and you couldn't mm-hmm. wear your uh, shoes on the gymnasium floor. So they called them sock hops. Yes. And then some of the sock hops that I remember from, I don't think we ever had them in high school, but in middle school, it got real. Well, this was the 80s, remember? And mm. it got real creative. You had to wear fluorescent socks. 
the just, you know, certain things or you'd wear these certain themed socks. And what are you laughing at, Statman? He is just laughing. What is so funny about fluorescent socks? Fluorescent socks. What's that's that's funny by itself. <laughs> they'd have a black light, and you know, anybody who just came in white socks, they'd become fluorescent automatically. Black light. I mean, we are wow. they're people this is a big rabbit hole. They yeah. are turning the radios and their computers <laughs> off. That we listen. Wow. Right, fine. Mm, man. Uh, knock your socks off, Freak Nation. I'm sorry we brought it up, Freak Nation. <laughs> Man, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Richie learned anything. The residential, the residential millennial. I'm not yeah. sure uh, if that happened, but uh, there you go, man. Uh, if you ever hear a music DJ with a one of your favorite music stations in your favorite city, Freak Nation, say "Rock your socks off," uh, do everything you can to make sure that that man or woman never says it again. I mean, mm, wow, everything legal. So that that might be a rabbit hole in this day yeah. and age that we don't want to go down. Uh, that's that's so true, isn't it though? So again, Freak Nation, uh, Will Turpin with Collective Soul. He rocked our zogs off oh, last night. Oh man, <laughs> Man, even your mom's probably logging off and not you watching. You know us. what? She, you're exactly right. That was uncalled if for. If we lose your mom, we have lost the planet, Crasher. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. that's that's you're serious right. business. Oh, yeah. okay. So, again, plenty of conversation about what happened this afternoon or depending on where you watch the race. It started in the morning, seven o'clock Pacific time uh, and 10 a.m. Eastern time. We're talking about the Cup Series and that race. Austin Dillon, when they threw the red flag with 21 laps to go, he was leading the race post big one. And then lo and behold, he wins the race and Tyler Reddick coming in P2. I love some of the quotes we're seeing from Tyler Reddick post-race about how he said, yep, I just fell in line. He didn't really say this, but it's it's what he insinuated about becoming a company man and doing anything possible to help Austin Dillon get that win, including blocking everyone behind. He ain't the first, man. All right, we're going to resume with some affiliates and get us some Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes. Nation. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Thank you, affiliates, for being a part of this big thing. It's called Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. We've been doing it for 22 years. And we continue to be Speed Freaks, even with some rotten conversations that we had five minutes prior to this. Yeah. Mm. Coming up this hour, Collective Soul, Will Turpin, founding member. He'll be joining us. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Whatever you drive, they have a tire for your ride. An F-250, a Chevy Silverado, a BMW, a Mustang. Don't believe me? Check them out at GeneralTire.com. Crasher. All right, well, check out racer.com and speedsport.com because clearly there was World of Outlaws. There was the GT Challenge in Virginia. There's lots of stuff going on, including Max Verstappen, yet another win in Formula One. Those publications online will give you what you need. I'm going to focus this news and notes on NASCAR and motocross because, wow, points, wins, everything is at a premium. In NASCAR, Friday night was a bizarre three-hour rain-delayed, attrition-filled Xfinity race. 
There was a big one. It forced several cars out in the first of three overtimes. The third and final ended under caution as well with surprise winner Jeremy Clements. Only his second win in the series. But with this win, he's now playoff bound. For the Cup Series, after waiting out their rain postponement Saturday night, then they got into a fairly early start Sunday. Let's say you're Austin Dillon. You go down a lap early, but it's okay. You get that lap back right before the big one. All good, man. Yeah, no, that big one we just talked about, it happened right in front of you, but you stay low, you skate through it. Hey, you're leading the race. <gasps> Mother Nature comes in again and pours. So you wait out another rain delay. You watch Paw Patrol with your son. You come back to your car. You lose the lead again. But then it's all or nothing. Final lap. Three Chevys versus one Ford. Boom. Austin Cindric gets out of your way because, well, you were faster than him. You take the win. Your teammate is second. And everybody, including team owner Richard Childress, is happy at RCR Racing. Austin Dillon cruising across the finish line first, punching his tickets into the NASCAR Cup Series playoff. The Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series raced in their second-to-last set of motos just outside of Indianapolis. The two title combatants in the 450s, Chase Sexton and Eli Tomac, they traded moto wins. So let's see. Tomac was a 1-2. Sexton was a 2-1. Due to the tiebreaker rules, which can be questioned, Sexton prevailed with the overall win of the weekend in the chase for the Edison Tie Cup. But here's the deal. Even Steven on the weekend means that Eli Tomac still leads the points by just one heading into the season finale. Next weekend, Southern California, you better be there. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. General Tire was born more than 100 years ago, right here in America. We've spent the last century tackling every kind of road this country has to offer, and especially the places without roads. So you know that with General Tire, anywhere is possible. It works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. 
friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. That's your stat man scat regarding Kyle Busch. Stat man, yours truly, and many others saw something with Kyle Busch today on TV that you don't see too often. Don't want to give it away. We talked a little bit about it last hour, but make sure you stick around for the stat man scat coming up in moments. Lucas Oil, lucasoil.com, great website to check out to find all the products to keep your ride on the road. Inside your engine, outside your engine, inside your car, outside your car. Yes, Lucas Oil has a plethora of products to keep your ride and your rides fat and freaking happy. Go to lucasoil.com. Statman, why do you think, what's your opinion on we've done something this year with the Cup Series that we've never done? We have 16 different winners going into the playoffs, which start next week in Darlington. What's the one item this year that you say uh, would be the reason the new car uh that the uh, truck arms spring spacers uh, uh what do you call it weight jackers uh all of the stuff from the old car they finally have a race car that has to be driven and <laughs> sequential gearbox independent rear suspension uh just a, a a whole host of things and if you don't know how to handle the car you don't know how to make the make it perform as well as it could and i think the newer kids have the newer drivers have more experience turning left and right go-karts acceleration momentum uh and the old guys just didn't pick up on it fast enough if they have yet the old guy drivers older guy drivers and or the older guy mechanics and crew chiefs, because, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if they're not putting things together for their drivers, they're just not understanding the newer technology, so to speak, yeah. of these cars. And, yeah, it's, I think along your same lines of the new generation of talent and all these new names that we have, not just winning races, but running in the top 10 and how refreshing that has been, I think iRacing comes into a bit of this success as well. And just being able to be flexible with your approach to motorsports, whether it's into watching recordings leading up to race week or driving the track on various iRacing platforms. I just think there's so much now that goes into the sport and I'm with you. I, 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 credit it more to the newer generation of drivers being more adaptable and being more flexible than the older group of drivers. 
Richie, you being the residential, what do you th- attribute the 16 different winners to? One of my favorite phrases that I use from time to time when getting asked questions like this is something called Occam's razor, which is the ah, simplest explanation is, is usually the right the right explanation. And it's a new car in this situation. And this goes all the way back to February when I was out covering the clash at the Coliseum and drivers and the execs were sitting on the stage after the race and were getting asked about the new car because that was a debut on track in terms of racing for this next gen car. And every single one of them agreed. And this, and even at Phoenix back in March too, it's was one of the biggest reasons why drivers and, and teams and execs were so excited is because it was going to bring more parity to the sport. It was going to allow newer teams to focus more on this new car rather than the next rather than the last gen car. And a perfect example of that is Team Trackhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Team Trackhouse, I think it's pretty clear that they did not put very many resources into the last gen car, which is why their results weren't as good. And now this year you got two legit drivers who may very well be in contention for a championship. Ross Chastain winning multiple races. Daniel Suarez running up front on multiple occasions throughout the season, winning his first race of his career. And so it's the it's the next gen car. It by by hand by like three miles, and uh, and I, I'm glad that that it happened because a NASCAR as a whole is more interesting when it's there's more parity, 110 percent. Because you can go into these playoffs, and I don't know who's going to win the championship this year. Last year we entered the playoffs, and it was Kyle Larson. We all knew it, and we knew it was pretty much inev- inevitable at that point. And this year, that's not the case, and that's a good thing for the sport. You know, you bought up something that's great, spectacularly great. If the two track house cars get into the final round of the playoffs in Phoenix and compete for the championship, we could potentially have a victory circle filled with watermelon and tacos and um, <laughs> oh, who's the uh, the owner? Pitbull singing. <laughs> that that would be worth having them in victory circle at the end of the season. Would you eat tacos and watermelon, Kenny? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's two of the major food groups. Come on. It actually is. <laughs> Crasher, we had a little get together Friday night, and I, we had no the the first thing to go. Frankly, was a damn watermelon, man. <laughs> yeah, I had, the, I had the runs for days eating so much damn watermelon. But other okay, than that, hey, come on, what's going come, on? Well, yeah, not a problem here. I'm I'm in agreement that with Stat and Crash uh, and Squab in regards to the car and uh, the car being the reason. And if you guys remember, prior to the season, I was telling you that they were having trouble getting enough parts to the teams for this next gen car and which didn't allow the big money teams like Hendrick, Joe Gibbs to really sink their teeth into this car to prepare it for 2022. And like you said, Richie track house, Joe Gibbs, Hendrick, all these teams started neck and neck. It wasn't Joe Gibbs and Hendrick and everybody else. It was, everybody together and i'll be curious to see how it goes next year now that we're going to have an off season after the playoffs will we have the same parity because of these guys these billion dollar teams will be able to spend some time in the off season breaking these things down and getting back stat man to again that dominating fashion 
Yeah, I, they, they won't have the same notes. They won't have entire computers full of how to set up the car. But I think they're still going to be the problem. These uh, Some of the crew chiefs that, like Crash talked about, they could mm-hmm. pull into the uh, pits and stick a spring rubber in there, and that'll get it straightened out. <laughs> and the car is crooked. <laughs> when you used to watch the car come down the track, and it's crooked. When You remember driving those uh, trucks, Kenny. If you let go of the steering wheel, you go straight into the into the wall because the car's designed to turn left. And uh, I don't think this new car, they've outlawed some of that stuff to set it up so that, you know, it's predisposed to turning left. You got to drive the car. And some of the old guys just aren't used to that. And the the new guys came along coming up with uh, go-karts and iRacing, like Crash mentioned, instead of... uh, bumping around on Saturday nights, coming up through the ranks. Freak Nation, you can chime in if you're following us on YouTube or Facebook Live. Hit us up in the comment section on why you think we have 16 different winners in the NASCAR Cup Series going into the playoffs next week in Darlington. Coming up next, his name is Will Turpin, founding member of the band Collective Soul, new album that's out called vibrating they're on tour right now and i let me just make the a, a blunt point don't miss them if you like a live rock and roll show I, what i'm a har- one of the harshest critics when it comes to live music because it's hard excuse hard earned money that you're putting out there it's not a 15 dollar ticket anymore man it's 65 75 200 you better freaking entertain me uh, if i'm going to be forking up that kind of bread but first, how about your stat man scat? Funny Sunday when NBC Sports talked with Kyle Bush during the red flag rain and lightning delay at Daytona. Kyle is up to his eyebrows and alligators right now. Sponsors aren't stepping up to replace Mars Incorporated, the candy company that's leaving the Kyle program at the end of this season. Kyle recently found comfort in his adopted role as a villain in NASCAR, but Sunday there was no mugging to the fans on the other side of the camera at home. There were no sullen answers to questions, no blaming other drivers for something that happened on the racetrack. Uh, This Kyle was available to television, smiling and chatting when he got there. Made me think of a Sunday morning headline where a Toyota executive was saying there's more to supporting a race driver than just that driver's great skill. He said sponsors are needed in today's NASCAR and Toyota wants Kyle in its stable going forward. But he stopped short of committing Toyota to that necessary big check. We're seeing how years of sullen can't be replaced overnight by a few weeks of smiles and chats. Drivers are getting power in the racing industry, but sponsors still hold the checks. And that is the ultimate power in motor racing. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Nation, if you get a chance, uh, let me enforce or reinforce with you. Nothing beats, well, 
few things beat it. But uh, frankly, nothing beats a great live rock and roll show. And Collective Soul did just that last night for us here in Arizona up in Flagstaff. It's a fantastic uh, live rock and roll show at the Pepsi Amphitheater there, again, in Flagstaff. If you get a chance to see that, if you like great live rock and roll by a professional band that's been doing it for decades, who've sold 10 million records plus, new record out called Vibrating, if you could, if you could package all that uh, and feel comfortable forking over 65, 70 bucks to see a great rock and roll show, I got to, flat, flat out, you got to do it, man. They're just, they were just awesome. Uh, it's refreshing to be able to, hang with a band like this and just enjoy from start to finish. We caught up with Will Turpin, a founding member of Collective Soul, bassist uh, earlier this week. It's an extraordinary conversation. Some behind the scenes with Will Turpin. And he joins us now here in the Freak Nation. On three years ago, one of the Roland brothers here in the Freak Nation and now Will Turpin from Collective Soul joining us here in the Freak Nation. Welcome Freak Nation, Will. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. All right, let's get this over with. I'm a full-fledged collective soul snorkeler. Do you enjoy more putting down great music through your studio or hearing the reception from crazy drunk fans? <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things that um, after, what, 28 years now that we've, we've been doing this, uh, I need both of those things. I need to create and I need to be able to go out and play live as well. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of, they both feed off each other and, and we like, we live off both of those things still. If, if we've been on tour for a long time, we, we yearn to get back in the studio and, and vice versa. We're going to see you up at Flagstaff this weekend with Switchfoot. And I'm curious if your approach to live music has changed at all, where you had to prove something and you, you really had to blow it out, whether you're opening up or you're the headliner because of maybe the, the backup that you had or the one that you were backing up. Do you still feel that, man, you got to leave it all out there or do you try and preserve because this is a long tour? Yeah, it's more like, uh, yeah. I mean, cause what the hour and a half we're on stage, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty simple uh, as far as how we approach it. Uh, it used to be more of an X, X's and O's kind of like, let's make sure we technically do what we're supposed to do. Now it's more like uh, it's about the energy and, and how to how to get that energy going between the crowd and the band. We we've been calling our live shows a celebration of life for a long time now, about about 10 years. So it's more about just getting out there, celebrating and, and getting that energy exchange going. It's, it's not about the X's and O's anymore. And that has been written about this tour. I think it was after your St. Louis appearance a couple of weeks ago that, yes, they said something along the lines of your chemistry on stage is just on fire and your interaction with your audience is almost second to none. So, yeah, that's that brings another element of fun for everybody in the room, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that's the that's the purpose. Like we're all celebrating, you know, the the crowds and, and the fans of, you know, we, we don't take it lightly that they've that they've made these collective soul songs, you know, the soundtrack to their memories, soundtrack to their lives. Uh, so it's about celebrating the memories and, and just having a good time, forgetting about all those um, day-to-day real, real worries in life and, and celebrating the good and the, and the memories. I like how you say the soundtrack to your life. You have such a diverse and incredible music background from when you were a kid to now and with your dad. What is the the soundtrack to your life, Will Turpin? What is the music that defines wow. you? 
Yeah, I'm 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 kind of steeped in the in the uh, originals. A lot of the uh, British Invasion, uh, the Beatles, uh, Led Zeppelin, um, and then the '80s. You know, growing up in the '80s, it was U2, The Police, NXS, um, The Outfield, REM. All those things. You know, they were considered alternative in their day, but that's what we were listening to in Georgia. We were listening to uh, to that stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I would say I would say U2 and The Police would be. And the Beatles would be a big, that'd be a big part of the soundtrack of my life. Hold on a second, not REM. He said REM. And, and yeah, definitely. We were we were yeah. so proud of REM when we were teenagers. Proud of a band from Georgia that, I mean, look, the heritage in Georgia is is, is super rich, and we're members of the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. So it's like a it's a great fraternity to be a part of. But REM was the first band that wasn't a southern rock band mm-hmm. or or soul. Um, soul and R&B. So it, it was really big for us because we were, we were in Georgia, but we were, our sound, we knew our sound or what we were gravitating towards was never going to be quote unquote Southern rock. Um, but we, we definitely are uh, wild out Southern boys, but it's, it's not necessarily Southern rock uh, sound. Uh, so REM was a big deal to us because they came out of Athens and they created kind of their own sound. Uh, and so that, that gave us, that gave us a little strength and a little bit of something that, we knew we could go for it. All right. I'm going to fast forward here just a little bit. I wasn't going to get to this until later, but you brought up Georgia and it reminds me of an interview you had. I believe it was soon after the world finally reopened and you guys were finally back on tour and you were asked about how your music has changed or if it has changed with you being a parent. And you said, you know, when you become a parent, your worst fears become, Oh, I hope my kids don't get on drugs. I hope they don't become race car drivers and then I hope they, and I hope they don't have a bad taste in music. Dude, Georgia loves themselves some Bill and Chase Elliott. What do you mean you hope they don't become race car drivers? <laughs> uh, that was just a, 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 a proper analogy. You know what I mean by that? I, I, would be, I would be super proud if my kids were race car drivers. But uh, I was trying to make an analogy with like literally my worst fear was that they would have bad taste in music. And I was okay. trying to make an analogy. <laughs> nope. I agree. I, I'm just giving you a hard time because yes, racing is a dangerous sport, but we do love it. And the safety enhancements are amazing, but yeah, bad taste in music. That's an absolute fear. Mm-hmm. Will Turpin basis, collective soul. That's I, I can't help, but follow up with that. That really, you didn't say in there though, that you're a race car fan. Is there any race car? You would you find yourself in a NASCAR race or maybe a sports car race in Road Atlanta? Oh yeah, know. oh yeah. Uh, I've been uh, been in the booth uh, a couple times in with, um, with with some of the folks there at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Matter of fact, Collective Soul, the high school that we all went to, is a solid ten miles from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, we could hear them crank up the engines on certain certain days from where we where we grew up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we love it. We love going to the races and we've had a good partnership with uh, NASCAR over the years, being able to play some rock and roll at some of their venues and some of their events. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's something we enjoy. Actually, hold on, Scott, I'm, I'm cutting you off for a reason and I apologize, but it was bands like you guys. NASCAR was such a, or at least 
typed as a country, you know, country rock, country sort of sport. And it was bands like you and R.E.M. and others that actually got them out of that. You said, hey, whoa, 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 there's more that exists in the South besides just NASCAR and country music. It's us, too. And and you were one of the bands that did that. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I hope so. Uh, You know, we just we just do our thing. We create from the heart and, and go with feel and. And, and the influence and the and and the the things that our music has done, um, you know, it's, it's something you couldn't really imagine or, or try to draw up. It's 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 magical. So, Will Turpin, I did a little needle drop getting ready for this interview, and I'm a writer. All the lyrics I heard were about bad relationships. Let <laughs> me loose. Leave me alone. Uh, you know, I mean, is that is that the experience of Collective Soul? There's got to be some good relationships somewhere in this band. I mean, you know, look, Ed's Ed's our lyricist, uh, and I think he belongs amongst the best. He writes um, he writes mainly uh, from things that we've experienced ourselves, or, or somebody we know has experienced it, and he had, he's really good at allowing the words to be singular really to whoever's listening to it. So you can kind of make these songs um, personal to your own life, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, man, we're, we're, we're positive. We're trying to, we're trying to speak about love and, and all the good things in life. Um, there, there's a, there's a few uh, adverse moments in our life that have made for good music as well. Uh, there has been some breakups in the band, a couple divorces and uh, you know, but you know, sometimes those, those moments create good art. So the one that just came out, cut the cord. I think it was August twelfth. What is this? The twenty fifth. So a couple of weeks ago, on your latest yeah. album, was vibrating. Yeah, that, that wow. I remembered that. That's amazing. You see the effect that Kenny Sargent has had on this old guy, right? <laughs> old Motown guy. Uh, but uh, the first thing I heard was cut the cord. And it's like, you know, go away. Leave me alone. You've been bad for me. And uh, that must have come after somebody's divorce. Really, it's more of a it's more of a uh, getting past a maybe maybe more of a uh, analogy with um, somebody growing up, a child growing up and uh, cutting cutting the umbilical cord from their from their parents. Oh, Ooh. all right. I missed yeah, I mean, but it's but it's it's tricky with the way you can use these songs for anything that are, is in your life as well. Yeah, no, you're right. It depends on your individual perspective. That, of course, is Will Turpin with the band Collective Soul here in the Freak Nation. We'll resume with part two with Will Turpin. You don't want to miss that. Let's come up next: Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Freak Nation. More with Will Turpin coming up. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Lucas Oil, it works. I run Lucas Oil. It doesn't matter if you're on the water, driving to work, or competing in a sold-out stadium. Lucas Oil products 
will help you get the most out of your vehicle. Monster Jam has run Lucas Oil in and on our trucks for over 10 years. We wouldn't run anything else. Lucas Oil, the official oil of Monster Jam. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule, a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Dear Lucas Oil, I've used your heavy-duty oil stabilizer in my truck for years. It now has over a half million miles. It's not a diesel. It's never been rebuilt. Your oil stabilizer does exactly what it says it'll do. It has extended the life of my engine. Just want to say thanks. Sincerely, Josh H. Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer. It works. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Time. When you find some time tomorrow, Freak Nation, check out GeneralTire.com to find the tire for that ride that you have out there in the garage. Or your rides, trucks, sports cars, minivans, SUVs. General Tire has the tire for your ride. Will Turpin, we continue on with our discussion with Will Turpin, bassist, founding member of the band Collective Soul. Ten million records they've sold. They're on tour now with their new album, Vibrating. Will Turpin continues with the Freaks. And one more. He mentioned racing and, and race cars, and the South is all about race cars, and Atlanta, Georgia area is about race cars. Please tell me you don't drive a, uh, a Tesla or a uh, Volkswagen Rabbit. And, it's a uh, Prius. No. <laughs> oh. I'm just <laughs> It's where we're going, Statman. It's where we're going. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I, you know, I, I just wanted him to have something that rumbles up and, and shakes the ground when he uh, starts it up in the morning. You know, my toy is actually a, a, it's a 2003 Toyota Land Cruiser. I like canoeing, fishing, uh, camping. And, uh, yeah, I have rigged it. Is, it is a, uh, it is a custom Land Cruiser at this point. I don't think it'll ever leave me because, uh, 
it is custom to me. Uh, I do have a Tesla screen in the 2003. It's all touch screened, and uh, I've done I've done what I can with my my little Land Cruiser. It's nice. Um, all quiet stuff. I mean, I don't mean to take over this interview, but with a guy that stands on a stage for 90 minutes in the midst of what a four month tour right now, you noise is uppermost in your mind. I would imagine after 35 years of the, the big sound wall. And now when you get a chance to get away, you go fishing, you go camping, you get away from all of that and find something quiet, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I love uh, taking my fishing rods and the canoes. Um, and the kayaks. We love it, man. We, we go north, we go south, we go towards the ocean or towards the mountains. Me and my boys, I've got three boys um, and they're older now. I've, I'm, uh, I'm officially middle-aged, about to be officially empty nester as well. Uh, matter of fact, that was one of them that just interrupted our interview with the cell phone. Uh, that was a dude. He's, uh, he just started college and uh, my oldest is 23 and then I've got a 16-year-old too. So now they're loading up the canoes on their own and, uh, and and kind of going on their own every now and then. And they don't have bad taste in music. They don't. That They don't. <laughs> Thank God. Do you have the balls, Will Turpin, to tell me what a bad taste in music is? <laughs> <laughs> you may have to have the balls to huh? Come on, Turpin. Got <laughs> you on that one, partner. Maybe some oh, really partner. bad pop, really bad candy <laughs> pop. Uh, some of you know, I'm a fan of country music, but some of the country music that's getting till you know just kind of run through the mill is too simple and too just. And there's no depth. Um, so anything to me, anything, it's not a certain genre. It's just anything that has real depth. I love country music. I, I like hip hop. Um, I love Eminem. I think Snoop Dogg's one of the greatest. Uh, that Super Bowl performance last year that was yes. uh, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So. I like something from every genre, but it's got to have depth and it's got to have meaning and feeling. So that, that's how I'll dance around that subject. OK, no, no, no. But that's a great point because you've had you spend decades now in this business. And was there ever a time when you had to do battle with agents or labels on that depth and they wanted you to be a certain sound? And you're like, no, that's not us. Not really, because the way we started, we started on an independent label and we had recorded and produced ourselves. Um, and and that first record was successful. So Atlantic Records kind of they stayed out of the way with us because the first one was successful. And they, they you know, the, the second record, we went right into the studio after the first tour and everything. But, uh, you know, they would be there for support, but they were never there trying to tell us what to do. Uh, and I think it had a lot to do with how we started. We, we grew up in the studio. Um, self-proclaimed studio rats, if you will. Uh, we, we're creators in the studio and we didn't need any help or direction there. And Atlantic was uh, smart enough to let it, let it go. Will Turpin, Collective Soul, joining us here in the Freak Nation. New album, Vibrating, is out now. You can get it on all audio apps across the planet. And you mentioned country music, and I'm going to try and make this story really short. Dolly Parton covered Shine, and I'm oh, yeah. always curious how bands find out that other bands or soloists are covering their music. Does a Dolly Parton or her group call you guys saying, Hey, do you mind if she cuts shine or does she just do it and then send you the checks later? Yeah, that's a, that's always a good question. Uh, Cause people think that you would have to call and get permission, but you don't, you don't have to get permission. She recorded, we, we heard about it, knew about it probably right before it was released you don't have to get permission to record anybody's songs. 
you, the royalties automatically go to the songwriter. So um, what an honor that was. And it still is to this day to know that Dolly recorded our song. Uh, and there's a good story behind it. She, it was her husband's favorite song. And she wanted to re-record that song and do a version for him. That's badass. Whoa. Wow. When when Dolly Parton cuts Shine, the only money that she would make off of that song is just when she plays it live. Is that what I'm hearing? And sales. I mean, if there was a CD involved back in that day, there would have been some CD sales. But uh, all the all the writers publishing, yeah, would would go to. The writers. Will Turpin, uh, collective soul bassist, percussionist. I didn't see this in the notes. It might have been the first paragraph that I skipped over. But uh, you <laughs> talked about soul music and uh, your broad range of interest. Where this collective soul come from? That first thing I thought of was, uh, I think, in northern England, they have a, a soul thing that goes back. They play this music and uh, where did the name Collective Soul come from? It's actually from, um, it was Anne Rand uh, novel, The Fountainhead. She describes mankind as a collection of souls. Oh, yeah, I um, did see that. Yeah. There's a little twist on that. Yeah. yeah. Will Turpin joining us here in the Freak Nation. And I, I want to get back to Dolly Parton. And that's another one that you don't realize until you do research or you just Come an old fart like me of what she's meant. Oh wow! In music, yeah. in music in general, uh, just a great freaking writer, a lyricist. It's a, uh, really second to none what she's penned. Yeah, I mean, legend is, is like a, that's an understatement. I mean, she is really, really, uh, you know, what what an what an artist and what a career. Uh, you know, we we couldn't thank her enough. I remember she performed live. Uh, I, I believe it was Jay Leno. She performed it live and. <laughs> Really, the best thing we thought we could do was we, we made sure she had some roses in her dressing room and, and we thanked her. But, uh, you know, what a legend and uh, just a beautiful woman. Every time I see her on interviews or anywhere, uh, she's just impressive to me. And the career is super impressive. Freak Nation is called Vibrating, the new record from Collective Soul. Will Turpin joining us from the band here in Lucas Soul Studios. You're on tour now at Relatively New Tour. Take me back to when the pandemic hit. Uh, you were coming off a tour with Gin Blossoms. Uh, what did the band do, and how does a band that's sold 10 million records adjust to being off the road for that length of time? I mean, I guess like everybody else, you know, we were just all of a sudden, everybody was grounded. I remember we had just played a show in Nashville at the at the Ryman, um, and it was it was actually the night that tornado ripped through Nashville. Um, oh, so we were upstairs at a, at our buddy's place, Live Oak. I'll go ahead and drop his name <laughs> of his bar. And we were upstairs and uh, the TVs uh, were you know, saying tornado warning, tornado warning. Of course, it's about midnight. And we're all like, yeah, sure. Tornado warning. Uh, and then we started seeing like uh, power transformers pop in the distance. Um, so we were there that night. That was the last show we played in March. Um, 2020 and and it was about three days later they closed everything down and i I remember thinking oh this will take about maybe uh maybe a month maybe six weeks we'll be back to normal so uh you know we just found ourselves at home uh we stayed on the we we as a band we stayed in communication um but we certainly were going to try to figure out how to record Hmm. um and it was fall of 2020 we were back in the studio together trying to figure out how to record and make more music 
um, which, you know, it, it's not that hard for us. We just get together and uh, we start. It still happens just the same way it did 30 years ago. We get together and uh, when the magic happens, my hair is on my arm. They just stand straight up and I know I know something's right. That's easier said than done, though. How many bands have we heard about that have issues or breakups or I mean, wow, you guys clearly have a chemistry that is awesome. Yeah, I don't know how we can still do it because a lot of bands can't, but a lot of bands do. A lot of bands from our era can are still creating great music. Uh, and like I said, I'm fortunate that, you know, we can still do it. All right. Will Turpin here in the Freak Nation. I'm, I'm upset that Crasher not going to be able to bring our eight year old daughter to see Collective Soul. We'll be bringing some buddies of ours, but I uh, will say this. We love the generations that come to our shows. Now we see yeah. it a lot. We see multi-generations and it's, it's not even, it's not even wild for us to see a 60 year old grandfather, 40 year old father and a 20 year old <laughs> teenager child. It's it, to see three generations at our shows is even common now. So it's, it's an honor. That's so I wish your kids could be there too, but or, you know, so uh, maybe next time. We but, want to imbibe a little bit, so it's, yeah. we're being a little selfish. Listen, I, got her, I got her backstage for Judas Priest and Skinner. She's she's been yeah. four years, bro. Yeah. Now she's got Carly Rae Jepsen downstairs jamming to that. No, what we're we're cutting that off. No yeah. more vocal lessons with that song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Will 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 take those freaking residuals, man. Mm-hmm. Call me maybe, mm-hmm. please. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Hey, Will, thanks for taking time out with this, buddy. We'll see you over the weekend in Flagstaff. Looking forward to it, man. Appreciate you guys. Not much motorsport. Much motorsport. Helio or Helio. Not, not, not. Well, not only that. Much, much, much. Thank you. I love you. And headlining the party. Douchebags. Not much motorsport. Freaks. Not much motorsports. You know, before we get into not much motorsports, I want to say this stat. I want to say this stat that you don't see many rock bands do what Collective Soul did last night, where they start off with a song. You know, they've got 10 big hits. They start off with a song from the new record, and guess what it was? It was Cut the Cord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he sort of. Cleaned it up a little bit. I listened to those lyrics again after that interview. It ain't got nothing to do with cutting the cord of the newborn. That's <laughs> that's about. It ain't got nothing to do with cutting the cord of cable TV either. That's about <laughs> cut, cutting the cord of a relationship. I heard that, you know. But good music. I kind of like the music. Maybe there's one mm-hmm. or two I might have to download sometime. But just that you just again, you never see a band. I've never seen a band. Uh, uh, call start off their show crasher with a song from their new record richie do you see it today with some of the the bands that you follow oh hell yeah absolutely I mean, you, you see him kick it off with a really well that absolutely. was one of the first ones that got released from this new uh collection so it's been out for a couple of days so you know that's not not new anymore per se mm-hmm. To me, it makes sense. You've got a captive audience, very excited to see you. Boom, might as well hit them with a new one yeah. before you get into the ones that they're familiar with. And it rips, too. It's not like you're starting off with a ballad. Yeah. It just it cooks. So it was nice. You had a All good right, time, so it sounds like. Yeah, sure did. That Do we man, really have to talk about whatever articles you oh, are yeah. ready to Because we can also be not much motorsports and talking about your happiness backstage last night. That's true. We could, couldn't we? <laughs> 
You don't want to get into uh, men who experience pain with a menstrual cramp stimulator at a rodeo show. Was that last night at the concert? (laughs) We had to go through that to get into the show. That man. No, no, we didn't. That's why all the adult beverages came from. (laughs) Okay, I will say this. Will Turpin very nicely offered us some beverages backstage and he brought us back four beers and me and my girlfriend had the Bud Lights and Kenny and his buddy had the IPAs and this morning (laughs) Kenny wakes up and we had, you know, we drinks, you know, not as fast as the boys do. So we had walked out with our beers and this morning they were both sitting in our hotel room and Kenny goes, where did those come from? And I immediately looked at him. I'm like, you don't remember Will giving us beers backstage? If, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, you didn't remember. No. And when you when you started talking about beverages from backstage, I was getting to say they weren't watered down. They get, You got the real thing. It was didn't come from the concession stand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, you don't want to bitch and moan about free beer. He gave me a, an IPA. I'm not an IPA fan. He gave me an IPA. I just... Ah. I, I politely acted like I was drinking it. St- <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, I learned this from you because you know I'm a beer snob. If I mm-hmm. get free freaking beer, yep. I don't care what it is. There's no way I'm going to make a face. It is the greatest beer of all time. <laughs> any you. beer or any alcoholic beverage, if it was gifted to me, I'm going to drink it and it's going to be the greatest G-Dang beer I've ever had in my life. They didn't You're offer right. you any no. Southern comfort, did they? No. Uh, that's good. They did. Listen, <laughs> It's the Pepsi Amphitheater. Oh and, yeah. And Pepsi owns this town, owns Flagstaff, where the where the show was. We've got about a minute, minute and a half. And I like m- myself some whiskey and coke. Three times I heard it. It's the venue, at a bar, and at Taco Bell. Uh, oh yeah, that was post concert at one thirty in the morning. No, but can we offer you Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi's a great product. Love it, but not with my whiskey. Kenny even got so mad one time in the night. He goes, it's called a whiskey Coke for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a whiskey Pepsi. They had some Jim Beam or Southern Comfort there at the amphitheater stat man. And, well, can I have a Jim Beam and Coke? Uh, how about a Pepsi? No, it's not what it is. All right. <laughs> so, no, you got it's a Jack and Jim and all the rest of all of their <laughs> friends, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> Good times. And it sounds like there's one or two stories that may have to end up on the uh, on the text stream and not on the radio stream. <laughs> yeah, and not for public on consumption. On that note, as you can tell, if you're watching us, my camera has the battery is gone. Oh, look at that! You're a so white circle. So, Statman, shoot the juice to the moose, and what? And cut it loose. Yeah. Motorsports Radio, redefined.